Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com you're the mom the maid the keeper of the cookies you do it all and you look good doing it it's parenthood on a mother level here's your host denise hanitka i want to talk to you guys about the phenomenon that i'm calling abe and the little green pumpkin. So my oldest, he is four years old. His name is Abram. And last year we went to the Pride of the Wapsie pumpkin patch. And when they take you on the hay rack ride, they lead you to a big open field pumpkin patch where you literally pick your pumpkin off the vine. And last year, Abe was just drawn to the unripened green pumpkins. He just wanted a green pumpkin. He thought that was great. There were orange pumpkins everywhere, everywhere. And he insisted on having this little green pumpkin. And I thought it was just the sweetest thing in the world. He was so proud of it. We did carve it last year. And for the most part, it carved just the same as an orange pumpkin. It just looked so sweet with his little green (laughs) jack-o'-lantern next to the orange ones. So this year, we went to the buffalo pumpkin patch. And again... Out of all the pumpkins everywhere, and I remembered last year that he picked a green one, but I, I, it wasn't really on my mind until he beelined again for the green pumpkin. For some reason, he calls it a black pumpkin. I don't know really why, because it's very clearly green and he's cool with colors, but he said, I want this little black pumpkin. We were like, cool dude, two years in a row. Well... He goes back to the Pride of the Wapsie again this year, and he picks out the teeniest, tiniest, roundest, greenest pumpkin I've ever seen. And it's maybe the size of a softball. It's not huge. Little green pumpkin with the perfect little stem. It is round as his little brother's head. And he's so proud of that little darn green pumpkin. And he showed it to me yesterday, and he was thrilled with it. And I I mean, first and foremost million-dollar children's book idea here, Abe and the Little Green Pumpkin. Second of all, I'm just so delighted by him, and I find it so endearing that all he wants to do is has his little green pumpkin, and it doesn't have to be the biggest pumpkin, and it's definitely not orange, and he sees absolutely nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. I just, I find it so endearing, and I find him to be just perfection as a child, so... Um, anyway, that's pretty much where I stand on that. So 
Think about that when you take your kid to the pumpkin patch and just imagine my sweet little boy running around with this perfect round green pumpkin. So that's my boy mom story for the day. And we're going to spend a lot of time in this episode talking boy mom things because we have my new friend Kelly on the podcast. And Kelly has two boys, Brady and Patrick. And Patrick has autism. And so that relationship between Brady and Patrick inspired a children's book. I guess that's why I have children's books on the brain. And so you're going to hear about their relationship and how Patrick's diagnosis impacted the entire family and how it shaped their entire dynamic. And it's a really sweet story that I think you're going to like. So Kelly talks about finding out about Patrick's diagnosis. And it's also an interesting conversation because as so much is changing in the world around us, it's even harder to understand for a child that has sensory issues. So Kelly talks about the new normal, the new new normal, and adjusting over and over and over again um, with a child that has sensory issues. So it's interesting to hear from her about that. Also, her husband is, for the most part, a stay-at-home dad, which I think is a really cool dynamic. They talk about beating the odds in terms of the, gosh, I think the divorce rate for families with children of special needs is in the 80% range. It's really high. And so she talks about how she and her husband have beat the odds there. And I think that's really, really cool. The other thing that maybe Kelly wouldn't want me to bring up off the top here, or maybe she would, is that she has way more TikTok followers than her son Brady. And so, you know, it's just a little just a little feather in her cap that uh, she's a cool mom and has an awesome TikTok account. So you're going to love Kelly. Here she is. This is On a Mother Level. Thank you, as always, for listening and for sharing this episode with a friend. And let me know if you have any interesting pumpkin patch stories to share. Here's Kelly. You had a podcast of your own for a while? I did. Really? Yes. yes. What was it about? Uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Oh my god, that's amazing. That tells me though that you're pretty outgoing and um, you like to chat a little bit. So we have that in common. (laughs) Well, at least behind the microphone, not necessarily in the world with strangers. But yes. (laughs) Well, I have Kelly Douglas here with me today, mother of two, boy mom. Yes. We have that in common, also a boy mom of two. Um, How has the family been dealing with the world? (laughs) Where are you guys at right now? Because I'm sure you've had the ups and downs of it, like everybody else. So my youngest, which is kind of what inspired this conversation, uh, is autistic. So they're very much structured and very um, routine-oriented. So the first couple of months, it was a huge disruption for him. Um, And he loved school. And we had, like, every weekend we would go to the movies and all of these little things we would do together that we had to stop doing. So... It was a lot of meltdowns for the first couple of months and just kind of that adjustment period. And then he got adjusted to the new normal. And so now it's getting him adjusted to the new, new normal. Yeah. But, you know, the movies opened up and so we're doing that again. And he's his comfort level with the mask has gotten a lot better. So we were not doing a lot of things for a while. But now we're kind of, you know, to a degree. Obviously, we don't want to just be willy-nilly about being out in public, but right. yeah, to a degree we're, you know, taking him out and letting him kind of enjoy those things again. My oldest son is, like, 
he will not go outside of his bedroom at this point. But he's a teenager, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Right. That's just but he's also very, very conscious about okay. the coronavirus, and he's very worried about it. Okay. So he has no desire unless it's something very special. He does not want to leave the house. So, yeah. Does that worry you a little bit? I mean, I feel like, so he's 14. Brady 15. is 14. He just he's turned 15. 15. Yes, he okay. started driver's ed a couple of weeks ago. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. What else could 2020 bring you? <laughs> oh, don't tempt the fates. I mean, really. <laughs> okay, so Brady is 15. Yes. And then you have Patrick. Who is 13. He's yes. 13. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're um, going through puberty. So when you ask what else 2020 could bring us, that's that's what it did. <laughs> Do um, Is everyone correct in saying like that boys just smell? Yes. Like, am I in for like boy smell? Oh, yeah, they smell. Yeah. <laughs> Like, sometimes I'll be in the car, and I'm like, did you put deodorant on? Oh, my God, he's going to be so horrified that I talked about this. But be like, did you put deodorant on? Yes, mother. I took a shower. I put deodorant on. I'm like, well, then what is that smell? It's just him. I mean, it's just boys. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So where do you want to begin with um, your story? Uh, Because first and foremost, you have a book. Yes. And um, tell me the title of the book again. It is Little Brother, Big Hero. And it when- is, it's a children's book. I wrote it uh, last March. It actually was published on Patrick's 13th, or 12th birthday. Oh, cool. Um, and it is kind of the story from both points of view, from Brady's points of view, and then from Patrick's point of view as far as their relationship with each other. And then also just using that relationship to kind of bring awareness to autism and just what we are like as a family, just because we're... I mean, we're pretty normal. Well, I mean, <laughs> people would probably disagree with that, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're we go through the same up, ups and downs. We celebrate his wins. Um, yeah. They just look different, you know, those kinds of things. So, um, just making people aware of who they're going to encounter in public, and especially now that he's getting older and wanting to be more out in public. You know, when he was younger, it was kind of. Certain behaviors people probably just attributed to his age. Yeah. Now that he's getting older, it's definitely uh, more noticeable, the things that he does. And so, you know, we notice people staring and all of that kind of stuff and kind of whispers. And so it was just like, hey, you know, this is just how it is. You're going to encounter people that are different than you every day. And um, this is kind of explain, you know, this is the way that he is. But these are also all of these great qualities that he has that both of them have because of this. So... That was just what inspired it. And I've always loved to write. Yeah. Um, I wrote for the mom's blog for a long time. Okay. And then um, once I wrote the book, I kind of uh, went away from that just because I wanted to concentrate more on that. But then, you know, 2020 happened. And yeah. so uh, <laughs> you would think I would have more time to uh, do things like write. But I've been working still the whole time and enjoying the weekends yes. as they were. <laughs> Okay, so let's back way, way up yes. then. So they're about two and a half years apart. Uh, they're about? 18 months. 18 months. Yes. Okay. Okay. So they, um, um, Brady comes along, you're a family of three, mm-hmm. and um, you decide you're going to try for a second. Yes. You have a second. And when did you notice, um, I don't want to use the word something was wrong, but mm-hmm. something was different. Mm-hmm. Is that the right thing to say? Yes. 
Yeah, so we took him in. So everything was, I mean, as far as development was concerned, was just typical up to about 18 months. And then at our two-year visit, uh, we went, you know, they ask you all of those questions about uh, intellectual development, uh, speech, and, you know, um, fine motor skills and all of that kind of stuff. And I noticed a lot of the questions I was saying no to. Um, And Brady had been a little bit delayed as well, so it wasn't like I had any benchmarks really to compare to. Uh, And so the nurse talked to me about it first, and she's like, you know, maybe we'll get you in EIS, so Early Intervention Services, through Illinois, uh, and have them come to the house. And so that's what we did. We had them, um, speech therapist and occupational therapist came out a couple times a week and worked with them just to see what sort of progress he would make. And they did that for about six months, and he wasn't making the expected progress. So then they recommended that we have him tested. And so then we took him up to Chicago, and because there's nowhere around here that you can have it. It's Iowa City or Chicago. Okay. And it was like this giant room with five different doctors with five different uh, specialties that observed him for about a half an hour. And that was it. That was, you know, they asked some allegorical questions and gave us examples and things like that. And based off those answers and their observations, then they made the the clinical diagnosis. So, okay. And that was at two and a half. Okay. So, I mean, can you remember what your reaction was, what your thought process was at that time? Um, I see, darn it. It's like 10 minutes in. Oh, come on. Eight minutes, actually. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I told you you weren't going to do this to me. Um, so, like, we, my husband was upset, and I said to him, you know, he's the exact same kid we came in here with. So, and it was just like, you know, we'll take this day to mourn, and then we're going to fight. Yeah. And that's what we've done. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> so, no, to, like, to your member... By this point, though, you've got to be thinking, all right, like we're sitting in this office. Yes. We know we're going to hear something. I've seen, you know, some things that are concerning to me as a mom. Yeah. So, so it's like, you know, you're going to be expected it. Yes. Oh, yeah. We expected it. Yeah. Um, Especially given the the relationship that we had with with his therapist. We knew it was coming, but to kind of hear those words, hear the label, and then know what's, what's coming for. Yeah you know, the rest of his life, it was just kind of a, it was concrete at that point. So Mm -hmm. it was real and it was out there. So, yeah. And at this point, you know, you have, um, you have a a three-year-old. Yes. And you have an almost Mm two-year-old and um, that had to have been overwhelming. Yes. Well, I mean, (laughs) honestly, having kids 18 months apart for the first like four years of your life, their life is overwhelming to begin with. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what we were thinking at the you know when we decided to space them that way, but I mean now it's fantastic. Uh, but the first few years are particularly rough. So, um, and you know with like Brady, it was it was just kind of he was 18 months old when Patrick was born, so he never really knew anything different. It's just always Patrick's been there, and then he was only. He would have been four when Patrick was diagnosed. And so um, he was already kind of making accommodations for Patrick. So I don't think he ever really noticed anything different. Okay. Um, And he's fantastic with him. He is probably the the best with him because he treats him just like any other brother. Like he gets super annoyed by him. He doesn't want him in his room messing with his stuff. And he still talks to him. You know, like I get accused of talking to him like he's – 
you know, I'm like, hey, baby, you know, that kind of thing. It drives my husband crazy. But um, <laughs> just the other day, uh, Brady was downstairs on his gaming system or whatever it is. And Patrick apparently was playing in his room on his Chromebook while I was in the bathroom. And and Brady came upstairs and he had logged him out. And so he goes into Patrick's room and he's like, you have to stay off of my Chromebook. You can't get in there. You did all of this stuff. And I'm like, he's like, you know, just chastising him. And Patrick looks up at him and goes, lunch? And so... <laughs> And Brady just kept going. And then he was like, oh, okay. And then he kind of pushed Brady out of the room. So, I mean, Brady doesn't really treat him any differently, yeah. except he is a little more, he's very protective of him, which I love. So, and I think that's made him um, independent. It's made him very creative. It's made him, um, he's very sensitive. And like I said, he's very protective. So it's definitely changed him in that way. But I think he's also been the most like normal about things if that yeah. makes sense okay so tell me about Patrick <laughs> what is he like um so Patrick is super cute which I get accused of being narcissistic because he looks very much like me <laughs> um but he is completely adorable and he is uh he is my baby like he still likes to crawl in my lap and snuggle yeah. and um he loves to jump he loves to swim he um, he just everybody who meets him falls in love with him, and I think that says a lot about him. He do, he does not get any of that from me, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, um, but he uh, he likes to play on his iPad, and he likes to watch uh, cartoons. Like I said, that's kind of our thing. Is we every weekend we go to the movies, and um, which is kind of our. I know that you like to talk about wins and fails and mm-hmm. things like that. Oh yes, and that's kind of our win is. Uh, we have been able to go to the movies and he's really good about leaving his mask on at the appropriate times. And uh, we just went on Sunday and saw How to Train Your Dragon. And there's one scene where Hiccup's riding the dragon. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. You probably have. Uh -uh. No, you haven't. No, that's one we have not Um, seen. So there's one scene where Hiccup's riding the dragon through like the clouds and over the ocean. And all of a sudden I hear like Patrick start shifting in his chair and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to try and make a break for it. And I look over and no, he's just sitting like he's prone. He's sitting on the edge of his seat because he starts to flap and he's got this huge smile on his face. He's like kicking his feet. It was just because he loved the scene so much because he loves flying and he loves um, just like animation and all of that kind of stuff. So that's been kind of our our big thing is he and he sat through like a two and a half hour movie a couple weeks ago. We went and saw Empire Strikes Back. So those have kind of been our uh, big wins lately, which I mean, some people would have no idea what that means. But the fact that he's able to sit and focus and... Um, he loved the lightsaber scene and it was an adult movie, not a kid movie and like not a cartoon. So those were kind of our, our big wins for the week, which he's, I don't, he's just, I can't say enough about him. I can't say enough about either one of them, but Yeah. yeah, they're both very, very kind. They're both very sweet. Um, Brady's very manly. He would like it if I would tell you guys that, that he's very manly and adult. Sounds like And mature. Yeah. Yeah. So for someone um for someone who's not familiar with autism mm-hmm. and its impacts um I guess how would you how would you say autism impacts Patrick? Um well I mean there's the obvious delays he he is nonverbal so he okay. we've been working on his speech which he he does actually talk he says words so he's able to communicate um 
but we're more attuned to like his nonverbal communication. That's where a lot of it comes from. Um, he, a lot of, I mean, they, people have a kind of a conception about what people on the spectrum are like, Yeah. but every person on the spectrum, cause it's such a wide range, I think is completely different. Um, he does like when he gets happy, he does a lot of flapping and, uh, he'll make like loud, just guttural noises and things like that. Um, but he, I mean, obviously he's not developing at the same level as his Mm -hmm. peers, but he's still making those strides, which is great. Um, it's just a lot of, it's more about his communication skills or lack thereof. Um, people who spend a lot of time with him, obviously, are able to adapt to the way that he communicates and understand how he says specific words and things like that. Um, but he's been great recently. Like he's starting to be able to follow directions and things that we weren't sure if he was ever going to be able to do. So, I mean, that's like the other day I told him to go put his hamper back in his room and it's always, you know, we never know for sure whether or not he's going to understand what we're telling him, but I hear him open his closet door and I hear him toss that hamper in there (laughs) I mean, he wasn't very happy about it, but he did it. And so it's just kind of those little benchmarks where we know that he's starting to, um, he's just starting to make progress, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, early on in the process, you talked about how this testing had to be either in Chicago or Iowa City. Yes. I imagine a ton of resources and things have changed over the past 12 years, yes. 10 years um, since you got this diagnosis. Um, so how how far has it come, especially here in the Quad Cities area? Are there the resources that you need here? Um, well, I mean, just the fact that he's got a specific school to go to. Uh, he started in just uh, what they would call mainstreaming, where he was in a special program within a mainstream school. And the teachers that he had were great. Um, but this program is more intensive. It's all of the kids in his class have autism. Okay. Um, so it, they're very specific about, you know, how they address things and how they work with them. And... You know, I know that that's not the case everywhere. You know, back then we didn't have the option of taking him to um, a school like that. So just those little things. And it used to be it was associated with a specific school district. So everything was kind of uh, taken care of that way. But now it's an entity to itself. So some things have changed. Um, Just even integrating back into being full time in school, well, not full time, but being back in the classroom. Uh, you can see the accommodations that they're making because they're taking those things into consideration. Yeah. Which may not necessarily have been the case if he were mainstreamed into a regular school. So, yeah. yeah. When you touched on this a little bit, even the idea of a, of wearing a mask for yes. Patrick is different um, different than just the another kid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were really worried about it the first couple of days, and we had been working with him, like taking him. He loves to go to Target, uh, which who doesn't? Um, but he, we were working taking him there and the movies and things like that just to kind of get him more comfortable with it. But a lot of his issues are sensory issues, so we were not sure at all how it was going to go. And then the first day, the teacher sent me a text, and she's like, he's had it on for 10 minutes. And so I'm thinking, oh, no, he's not leaving it on very long. And she's like, no, that's way better than the 30 seconds when he first got here. Well, now he's leaving it on most of the day. So even just in the few weeks since he's been in school, he's making, you know, big improvements and becoming more comfortable with it. And I, I mean, I don't know if it's because he knows that's necessary to be at school, which he loves, or just 
from the repetition and all of that, you know, just because he's doing it every day in the real world. But he's making those improvements, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I hate wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and we just have to kind of just tough, you know. Yeah. Tough I mean, I can't imagine if I had sensory issues, what yeah. that would feel like having that on my face all the day, you know, all day long. So the fact that he's able to do it speaks volumes about his strength so yeah I think the reason that um I wanted to do this interview when you reached out is honestly I don't have a ton of experience most people um, don't you know with children who have different needs and so I guess in a way I'm a little overwhelmed by feeling like I'm going to say the wrong thing you don't know what I mean about it um feeling like I'm going to be insensitive mm-hmm. you know what I mean and and I guess I really want this conversation to be like a learning experience for anyone who hears it. So, yeah. like, I guess, what, like, what do I need to know? What, what are the misunderstandings that people might have, or the things that you really want to share that nobody ever asks you? People, I think, lots. I think people are scared to ask a lot of things, yeah. um, just because. And like, I had a friend who was doing my hair the other day, and we're hopefully going to Disney World in November because that's pa- like Patrick's favorite place in the world. And uh, she was asking me about it, you know, kind of like, why is it so important that you go there? Is that like his happy place? And I think she was scared to talk to me about it. And I'm like, heck no, I'll be happy to talk to you about this all day long. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I wrote this book. That's part of the reason why. I have a website that I um, that I monitor where I just kind of go on and, and share stories about Patrick and then also share like social media po- posts and stuff like that. Like that's what I want to do. I want, you know, people to become more aware and just uh, uh, so that when he grows up, people are just better people, mm-hmm. which I mean, that can be said for a lot of things. But sure, you know, just, you know, dealing with people who have different needs or or just different types of people that people are more comfortable with that people are aware, um, you know, they're making those accommodations. They're, you know, we were at a grocery store and uh, this was pre-corona. So there was a gaggle full of kids in the same aisle that we were in. And I don't know what there was something that Patrick had seen that he recognized and wanted. It was probably candy. And he started getting excited. So he started jumping up and down and he was cooing and he was flapping his arms. And these kids were like running through the store and just not behaving. And uh, they were all kind of staring at him. And I turned to my husband and I said, can you believe the nerve of these kids? <laughs> you know, as a joke, because they were misbehaving. Mm-hmm. But um, they were staring at him, and I could hear him kind of whispering between themselves. And I'm like, you know, this is all coming from the top. This is stuff that their parents aren't telling them and that they're not being, you know, exposed to, things like that. So I, I just knew that it was kind of important. Um, and so I took my book and I donated it to a couple of schools, and I asked, like, my friends and family to do the same thing. So just so that kids at a young age get that exposure, get that that knowledge. And so when they grow up in the world, they're just better people. They're mm-hmm. just, you know, those things they don't have questions about. And they're kids, so I'm not going to be, you know, I wasn't really angry at them. Um, it's just kind of expected. Um, like Brady stares at kids who floss in public. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> if you're doing, you know, that's a behavior that's not expected, I understand it. But um, just so to make people aware of why he does the things he does and and how that feels for him and how that feels for us when they do stare and things like that. So 
Well, and you kind of touched on it earlier, you know, um, perhaps maybe the behavior was more understood or dismissed when he was younger because you just say, oh, he's just a little kid. But I imagine you're entering now a period where he doesn't look like a little boy necessarily. And so when his behavior is unexpected, it makes it harder on you then. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, but when he was little, people just kind of you know, kind of blew it off because Mm -hmm. they thought that it was because of his age. And now that he's 13 and he's getting taller and, you know, just all of the, and he looks older when he does those things, I think it's unexpected for people because it's not, you know, quote unquote, typical behavior Mm -hmm. for somebody of that age. So it's definitely more discernible to people. So I feel like people are more, especially when he has like meltdowns, if things become too much for him, too overwhelming and he will have a meltdown, um, people are, you know, notice it more. Uh, and they don't say, oh, you know, that's just kids being kids. Now it's like, you know, what? why isn't that parent disciplining that child or, or this or that? Yeah, well, how do you handle that when you feel like there's judgment coming from uh, over an aisle four? <laughs> um, I mean, at this point, I kind of used to it. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. Um, and I try to ignore it. But, um, you know, it used to be it would make me very upset. And now it's just like, you know, whatever, eh, you know, maybe here, here's my book. Yeah, <laughs> read it, become, you know, become more knowledgeable, you know, educate yourself. But at a certain point, you just have to realize that um, there are a lot of good people in the world who wouldn't do that. But then there's people who just aren't educated and just don't know. And, and so you're going to get those looks and it has nothing to do, you know, at the end of the day, it's nothing to do with you. So, right. Yeah. Right. And we all, you know, do that to some degree, mm-hmm. but, um, but you know, anytime you feel like someone is looking at your kid yeah. or at you as a parent yeah. with the side eye, it never feels good. Yeah. It never feels good. A lot of times in in I all just think there's, you know, you have no idea the things that we have to do in a day. And it's even true, like when I'm talking to people about things, like I'll say, oh, this happened last night. And it's just me making conversations about like what my night was like. And people will be like, oh, I'm so sorry that you had to do that. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not. that. That's yeah. not what I'm looking for. I'm just telling you how my day was. <laughs> and this is just kind of what my day is. Um, so, you know, obviously, my husband and I both get it. So we kind of have those conversations with each other. But, you know, as a mom, I want to talk to other people about those things. And so, um, you know, I'll make sure I'll be like, I'm not telling you this story for you to pity me. I'm just telling you this because this is what we did last night. And um, I'll talk a lot about it with my family just because they're a little more understanding about it. But yeah, it's just, it's just how your day is. It's just what you deal with every day. And you know, it's like at this point, we've been doing it so long, we don't even realize sometimes that it's different. Yeah. Um, and then other people have to kind of point that out to us. But it's like, you know, that's, I get the benefits of living, you know, living that life too. So yeah. Um, so I guess, tell me a little bit about, um, about your husband. <laughs> and um, your relationship with him through all of this, because I imagine he is an integral part of yes. making your family operate successfully. Yes. Well, he he is the primary caregiver. So um, he has stayed home with the kids. Um, I'm not even sure how that decision was made. It just kind of happened organically. Yeah. Um, I had, with Brady, I had a lot of complications and was in the hospital for several weeks on hospital bed rest. And he 
just kind of quit his job to be there with me every day. And then it was like, once Brady was bored, and I never thought I would be this person, I was like, I can't have anybody else take care of him. And that's no judgment on other people who do that. Sure, But I was like, I can't, I just can't have anybody else take care of him. And so we kind of made that decision for him to stay home. And then it was like, oh, he'll do this until uh, the kids go to school. Well, then Patrick was diagnosed and we realized the level of care that he would need. And so then it was just, you're, you're going to yeah. stay home. That's just what you're going to do. Um, but, I mean, we've been together almost 20 years. So, good gosh, he's put up with me <laughs> for almost 20 years. Um, I think we laugh a lot. I think that's probably our biggest thing. Yeah. We both have uh, very dry senses of humor. Um, he would probably tell you that he's the funny one in the relationship, but <laughs> I like to think that that is me. Um, so I think we just both make each other laugh. He's probably the more patient one between the two of us, yeah. uh, which is a good reason why he was the one that got to stay home. But um I mean, I don't want to give him too. I don't want to give him too much credit because I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> right. But he's. I mean, he's a he's an amazing father. He's a great husband. He's just. He's a good person all around. Uh, and now I feel gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm interested in this relationship for a couple reasons. Number one, um, uh, you know, I'm sure if you read the statistics about families yes. with children of special needs. Yep. Very very. Very often, dismal. Yeah, I have you know divorce in that family. Yeah. It's because it's a lot. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. Um. I mean, so I don't want you to compliment him any more than <laughs> he feels comfortable. But I mean, how how do you guys think you've beaten the those odds? Um, I like I said, I think it's just our sense of humor, the fact that we are more best friends than anything else. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, he's the person I want to talk to. And I think also kind of going through that, I don't want to say trauma, but going through those emotions and those day-to-day things kind of brings you closer. Sure. Well, or it can bring you closer. I shouldn't say that for everybody. But, um, you know, we are the only two who kind of get what our life is like every day, which I think that in itself, it's like, who wants to try and explain this to anybody else and i tell him all the time i would never leave him because he's a really great babysitter (laughs) he only charges 10 bucks an hour (laughs) oh it's way more expensive than that (laughs) um the other reason that i'm interested in this relationship is because um oh lots of people are interested (laughs) well so my husband has done the um he, when I was working nights, mm-hmm. he was doing the full-time the caregiver full-time thing. night yeah. thing, you know, so basically from five until I came home, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it was all him. And I can't tell you how many, how many people are like shocked that he would agree to do that. Yeah. They think it emasculates him. Yeah. yeah. Or just, or, I mean, first of all, they get way more credit for what they do. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And yes, it's deserving. I'm not, you know, knocking it, but it's definitely like, oh, mom stays home with her kids. Well, duh. Right. But that's what Dad she's supposed to do. His, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he does. What a guy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yes. And, um, now that I've been home during this quarantine, whatever, um, I've kind of gotten a window into his world at night. Mm-hmm. And I think we've really grown because of that. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I didn't know what nights were like for him. And um, I'm getting into a whole nother thing. But my <laughs> point is, my point is, like, men taking on that role 
is I think incredibly cool. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's really cool and it's I think that it should happen more often. Yeah, it's really beneficial to the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably has a relationship with those boys that he never would oh, have yeah. had if he was doing the 9 to you know, 5, nine to thing, five yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, so how how is that dynamic shaped your relationship, do you think? Um I mean, 99% of the time I I agree with you. I think it's awesome and that more men should do it. Yeah. That 1% of the time I am a little resentful of the fact that he gets to stay home and I have to go to yeah. work and I'm responsible for all of these things. But um, I don't think I'd have it any other way. Like yeah. I said, he's he's the definitely the more chill one between the two of us. Um, so I don't necessarily know that our kids would be the kids that they are. <laughs> if it were me taking care of them right. full time, they'd probably be a lot more anxious <laughs> all the time. But um, yeah, he he's just very relaxed. And like when I went back to work um, with Patrick, they would have been six weeks and just a little over 18 months. And within like a month, he had them on a nap schedule. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, he wouldn't pick Patrick up for the first six weeks because Patrick was so little. But after that, he, you know, he stepped up and he yeah. he did what he needed to do. And they were on a, like, I would come home and they would both be napping. And I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> and he's like, I had to. Right. <laughs> or else I would go insane. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, he just kind of just eased into it so easily and comfortably. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's got a great dad. So it just kind of all trickles down. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess what are some like, what are some like of his rules of thumb that kind of keep your household moving? Do you think? Um, He never questions my authority. (laughs) (laughs) People are going to think this man is henpecked and he's, he's totally not. He is not. So don't let him tell you otherwise. But right. um, Well, I mean, he just, I don't even know that he necessarily, I mean, being the family that we are, a lot of it's just kind of winging it because you never know what the day is going to bring. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think we all have a great relationship with each other. And a lot of that is because we like to kid with each other. You know, we like to I, – I joked with my oldest a couple of weeks ago because we were – um, listening to 80s movie soundtracks and we were singing along and like we were serenading each other and the 15 year old was sitting at the kitchen table and was not about that life at all <laughs> and I was like someday you're gonna look back at this and you're gonna be like my parents like each other they don't just you know they're not just married to each other they actually like spending time together yeah and how great that was for you growing up so obviously because of Patrick we're very structured like this is what happens at this time. This is what we, you know, we eat dinner at this time. We do these things. We shower at this time, homework at this time, all of that kind of stuff. So um, he's very much about keeping the schedule. Um, Patrick has food aversions, a lot of food aversions. So he only eats like four things. So it's making sure to rotate that and also trying to incorporate other things into there and making sure he's also getting you know fruit and all of that kind of stuff so he's just very aware of all of those things and now like I said it used to be those were things that were different now that's just how Mm -hmm. we live our life we just know that we're gonna have chicken nuggets one night and uh, hot dogs the next night and you know breakfast the night after that it's just part of the routine I think that's probably the biggest thing is just following the routine, but also being able to adapt when you have to, because you have to do it a lot. Right, right. 
How, um, I mean, you've talked about it a little bit about adapting during this time because it's, I mean, we're all adapting and then unadapting and then readapting. Yes. Yes. Um, well, and we had to do less of it just because he, well, he did end up having to stay at home because Patrick was out of school from, both of them were out of school from March until, um, September. So he wasn't working during that time so that he could be home. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it was just, you know, it wasn't even a question as to which one of us was going to do it. It's just when it came up, it was, you know, he was like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And then, uh, we, he slowly started to get back to a couple hours a day and Brady would watch him. So Brady also really has stepped up a lot during this time to help us out with Patrick, um, the fact that he's getting older has been great for us because he can help out. Uh, it's always been tough to be like a couple because that doesn't sound right. But like to do couple things, like yeah. go out and do all of that kind of stuff because we're very particular about who watches Patrick and, and you know, who can handle that responsibility, that kind of thing. Um, and so now that Brady is getting older, he's able to do that to a certain degree. And so now we've been able to enjoy more time as a couple and we've been able to do things just the two of us and Brady will watch them. And so we always appreciate that Brady does that. We let him kind of get away with some stuff now because he's babysitting. Yeah. I'll be like, Oh, but he does babysit Brady or, you know, he does babysit Patrick. So it's okay. We'll let him do that. <laughs> so, um, it's just kind of everybody pitching in to do their part. Yeah. I sort of love it. I love your family dynamic. I just think it's incredibly cool. It's because you don't have to put up with us. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, honestly, like, you know, I just think marriage is hard. It is, yes. You know, raising kids is hard, mm-hmm. you know, and your whole, like, whatever, you know, goes into the pot of your family is different for everybody, but but. The, bottom line is both these things are really hard yeah you know yeah and um I just you know especially like the longer that I've been married I've been married nine years now the longer the more you realize like what a huge accomplishment it is when you're sitting at the same table as someone who's been together with their partner for 20 years you know what I mean yeah and and I think I don't know I just think that's awesome. Well, thank you. I think you. that's a huge accomplishment. I really do. And I'm obviously like making it sound like I'm not saying something, but I'm really not. Like I just, I'm just really in awe of successful relationships because they are hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, we know at 15, Brady's starting driver's ed mm-hmm. and you know, like the, what the next couple of years are going to look like for him. Mm-hmm. What do these high school age years look like for Patrick and beyond? Um, well, I mean, he's, so the school that he's at, he can stay at till he's 21. Okay. And at that particular point, he ages out of the system. And so he doesn't get those services anymore. So at least as of now, I mean, obviously with any new administration that could all change, which we're hoping does. Um, but I think from a young age and I, it's an undue burden, but we've always kind of prepared Brady for the fact that. You know, when we go, we want him to take care of him. And now he's like, you know, he sighs about it. But I know deep down that he will and he'll do a great job and and all of that kind of stuff. But it's a lot to ask a kid, you know, to have to have that discussion at 15 is kind of a big deal. That Um, is. Yeah. That is. For the most part, are you planning that Patrick will be in the house with you guys? Yes. 
for the foreseeable. Unequivocally. Okay. <laughs> and that's like we joked I joked about that one time. I'm like, you know, I tell people that Patrick will probably live with us for the rest of our, you know, mm-hmm. rest of our lives and people are like, "Oh, you know, that must be tough." And I'm like, "No. I get to live with Patrick for the rest right. of my life." Right. So, you know, that's the dream. <laughs> if I could have Brady come back after college, that would be great too. Yeah. Yeah. My husband would probably disagree, but you know, that's that's just I like being with my kids. I you know, it doesn't you know, some days I'm like, oh, it'd be nice if we could, you know, do the a long trip by ourselves. But mm-hmm. in the end, I get to spend it with my kid, who's pretty, you know, with both of them, which are both pretty cool kids. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've been really, especially during this quarantine time, I've been really getting into this idea of manifesting. Do you believe in manifesting? Basically, manifesting. Like putting something out into the universe yes. and hoping yes. that it comes You know what true? I mean? Just like putting an energy out into the universe and just like, I think it's really, it's it's along the same lines as how you're supposed to like write down your goals. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But yeah. actually having a plan moving forward with like, what is it that you want out of this thing? Mm-hmm. So I'm getting really super into it. <laughs> so I have these cards, okay? Mm-hmm. And they're called affirmators. And so they're they're just like little affirmations and little like thoughts that kind of just like focus your day. They're so not like Stuart Smalley kind of thoughts, are they? What are those? <gasps> oh no! What does that mean? Okay, so so Stuart's. <laughs> You're in. You I just aged go. myself. I just dated myself. So on Saturday Night Live, there was a character called Stuart Smalley. Okay. Who. I can't even begin to describe him, but at the end of his show, he would sit and look in his mirror, and it was, I don't think it was Phil Hartman, maybe it was, but he would go, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. <laughs> okay, okay, so, okay. Yes, those I, were the, and then there were the daily affirmations, which were like, um, I don't remember who did those, but they were just comical ones where they would come across yeah. and be like, on the, over a picture of like a bubbling brook, but it would be this off the wall thing. <laughs> So that when you said that, that was like the first thing that popped into my head. Okay, well, so obviously you think this is stupid. No, but whatever. Not at all. <laughs> okay, so I want you to take my deck of affirmators okay. here, and I just want you to shuffle them, just like absent-mindedly. There's not a death card in here. No, is there? there's okay. no like no. These aren't like weirdo like witchcraft cards. cards that I'm bringing over to you. <laughs> so I just want you to like shuffle them around, okay. and then just like pull one that you feel drawn towards. Okay. and I'm just gonna have you read it because I like reading these. I'm just because, um, yeah, it's fine. They're in I'm total not going to be order. serving uh, cards in Vegas. That's no, for sure. Exactly. Okay. So just like like t- take whatever one you want. And, we're and I even gonna... closed my eyes, so this okay. is legit. That means you're like really feeling it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. So now you can read it. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Okay. So it <laughs> one. It's a picture of a refrigerator. Uh huh. So yeah, it, obviously. And it said, "Well, yes." When I tell you what it is, you'll understand why. <laughs> okay. It says confidence. In this moment, I take a step back and look at myself with the pride of a good but. With the pride of I feel like this was a setup. A pride of a what? A good mother. (laughs) How could I have set that up? (laughs) Did you put like sticky stuff on this one? I surely didn't. Okay. I see an abundance of abilities and talents that show up all the time in big and... Oh, there's the refrigerator. Big and little ways. If I could stick myself on a refrigerator, the refrigerator would fall forward. That's not what it says. I put that part <laughs> oh in there. Oh, my God. 
You're not taking this exercise seriously. <laughs> no, because if I don't, I will probably break down into tears. So that is how I okay, deal with things. I love this. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Um, if I could stick myself on a refrigerator, I would. I would invite all the neighbors over and say, look at that. Can you believe what an A plus that is? What does that mean to you? <laughs> I take a step back and look at myself with the pride of a good mother. Well, I mean, obviously, that means that, I mean, I think that I've raised good kids, and that's all that I can ask for at this yeah. particular point. So, yes, I would say that I am a good mother. Yeah. And I don't well, think mothers tell themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think mothers tell themselves that enough. No. I don't think we give ourselves the credit that we're due. No. No, I don't think so. Um which was kind of, and we didn't do it today, but which is kind of the inspiration behind the win and win the and fail. Long. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. That we used to do because, um, you know, wins can look all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was doing the win conversation, it forced you to to recognize really recognize yeah. when something was good. Yeah. So, for example, um, so last week I had a random Tuesday off. And Abram had a doctor's appointment. He had his four-year-old checkup. And I said, Abram, you know, we can go to this doctor's appointment and I can then take you, you know, to teachers and friends. It's what we call daycare. Mm -hmm. So we can go to teachers and friends afterwards or we can spend the day. And he was like, let's spend the day. Mm. I don't even think he knew what that meant to spend the day. (laughs) So spending the day was we drove out to Coralville. We went to Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm. He was... I know that he was acting out because he was nervous about getting shot up at the doctor, a.k.a. getting a vaccine. Yes. Is that what like, he refers I'm getting to it shot as? up. I'm getting all shot up. I'm like, wow. Hopefully you didn't say that in mixed company. Yeah. Thankfully, no. <laughs> but yeah, so he was so he was very anxious about getting shot up. Yeah. So I knew that his behavior at the doctor's office was just indicative of this anxiety. So it's like... You know, I'm patient with it to an extent. Right. And then it's like, all right, dude, like behavior inappropriate. You know, he's four. Like we really got to like talk about inappropriate behaviors and, you know, public places and stuff like that. And just mm-hmm. just little boy stuff. Nothing, yeah. nothing crazy. He didn't like punch a fish tank or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> QC peds. Uh, <laughs> Did that happen? No. Oh, Did it, has it happened when you've been in there? Is that what you're no, telling me? No, but that me? would have been like a worst case scenario. <laughs> I mean, that so, would have been kind of amazing. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Sorry. Off so, track. So, uh, you know, we're at the doctor and he wasn't super well behaved. I knew he was anxious. Then we get in the car and, you know, it's like 40 minutes to Coralville. Mm-hmm. He's very anxious in the car because we got to get there. And he doesn't understand why it's taking so long to get there. And at one point while we were driving, he had a matchbox car in his hand and he chucked it across the car and it hit like the other window mm-hmm. and i'm driving down 80 and i'm it like scared the bejesus out of you yeah not and so i'm furious with him because that was like that's not little kid behavior that's right. just like totally inappropriate like no we do not throw cars in the car and so now i'm thinking in my head okay like now i gotta punish him but we're driving and we're supposed to be spending the day so i want to like take him to the toy store do fun things but i need to like make sure he knows he's punished about this thing that's just happened here right. in the car 
So basically, long story short is we had a lot of fun, but I just, when I look back on that day, I think of all the times I yelled at him because yeah. I yelled him a, a lot Yeah, because he really just never quite settled down from being all shot up. And, you know, I was trying to do this push pull of, all right, does he realize that we're still going to the toy store, even though like I technically shouldn't, but I'm not going to drive all the way to Coralville and not, and not do the, it. Yeah. You know, meh, whatever whole thing. So, but when I look back on it, I think of all the times I yelled at him. Mm -hmm. I felt like I yelled him all afternoon, all afternoon. What does he think about when he looks back at it? Well, that's the thing, because now for the past two days, you know, it's Tuesday now. So Monday, Tuesday, he said, can we please spend the day? He says, I don't want to go to teachers and friends. I want to spend the day. And so I'm like, okay, like... This big fail where I thought I had spent our whole day together yelling. Yeah. All he really saw was we spent the day and we did something special that little brother didn't get to do. And we need to do more of that. Yes. So this morning before I dropped him off, I'm like, we're going to plan another day where it's just us and we will plan another day. But so, yeah. There's an perspective. example it's all of, about perspective. Yeah, of, of just feeling like you failed all mm-hmm. day long, yeah. all day long. But actually, like, it turned out to be a win. And now it's a fail again because now daily I have to tell him, nope, you're going to Teachers and Friends, which feels great. No, I don't want to go there. Bye. You're going. Peace out. See you later. Yeah. Do you have any, um, did you have a win or a fail from this week? Like, I mean, you gave a little one Yeah, we talked about the win. So um, the night of the... Is it derecho, derecho? Yeah, dere- yeah, derecho. Okay. So I've been getting around that in scripts by saying that <laughs> sorry. big storm. So sorry that I made you <laughs> tackle that head on. No, it's just I always feel dumb saying it because, you know, like it just sounds like I'm trying to say it, it fancy. It, yeah, it should. It so. feels like it needs to have like an ellipsis or dere- something. Derecho. Dere- <laughs> it's the big storm. Yes. Okay. So we lost power for the night as everybody did. And we still have a baby monitor in Patrick's room. Um, If he gets sick in the middle of the night or wakes up or whatever, he doesn't know to come get us. So we have to be aware of the fact that that's happening. And so obviously the baby monitor wasn't working. We also all use white noise machines to sleep. Um, And so we didn't have, you know, we didn't have that accessibility. And I had the only iPad that was fully charged. So we decided we were going to have a slumber party in the living room. We pulled everybody's mattresses out and the kids slept on the floor and I slept in the recliner and, you know, Chris slept on the couch and we used my fully charged iPad and turned the white noise machine on. And to get Patrick to be on board with it, we kept referring to it as a slumber party. So apparently he had a way better time at that than I did because he kept asking for a slumber party. And we finally had, I said, okay, we'll have one this Friday night. So uh, we set everything up. He keeps messing with the the DVD player, like taking the DVD in and out and in and out. And I keep correcting him, telling him not to do that, just to watch the movie. And at like 10 o'clock, he did it again. And I was like, well, it's bedtime anyway, so we're going to go to bed. And he just had a meltdown. And so he just sobbed for like 20 minutes. And at about the 20-minute mark, I was like... This, I'm done. I can't, I can't listen to this anymore. So I collected all of his stuff and took him back in his bedroom and told him no slumber party because he yeah. couldn't settle down. And so then he proceeded to cry in his bedroom for another 20 minutes. And then I felt horrible. So I collected all of his stuff oh. and I brought it back out into the living room. 
And he lay down there. And so I'm thinking, you know, and he cried for a little bit longer. And I just, you know, at this point, I'm exhausted. I'm like, okay, just stop crying. I want to go to sleep. You know, I've been up since 5 a.m., which he has no clue. He doesn't care. Um, Not because he's a jerk. He just doesn't care. And he finally fell asleep. And the next, like the next night, he wanted another slumber party. And I'm like, oh, no, we're not doing that again anytime soon. Right. But clearly, he still associated with all these good things that he got to hang out in the living room with me and watch Blue's Clues or whatever horrible (laughs) show it was at that particular point. So, yeah, he it was definitely like I felt horribly guilty about it because I could have not gotten angry so quickly. But, you know, he didn't even notice. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Good example. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Is there anything about publishing the book that you want to talk about? And like, where did you even begin? How did how did that even start? You you wrote it all first? And then what happened? Well, so I decided that I wanted to do it. And I was like, uh, January 1st, I'm like, this is my New Year's resolution. I'm going to write a children's book. Yeah. And I started researching and was like, how do I get it published? How do I, you know, how do I do all these things? And in my head, I'm thinking about Coyote Ugly. I'm like, I'm just going to wrap them up. Have you never seen Coyote Ugly? Yeah. Okay. But where are we going with that part? Oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to have to wrap them all up in brown paper bags and send them to publishing companies. Oh, and then they're going to, yes, yes. And then they're going to read them and they're going to fall in love. And um, (laughs) so, so I'm like, no, this is it because you have to pay people to, like, you have to pay somebody to send it to a publisher and all of these things. And like, I'm not trying to get rich off of this. I'm just trying to, you know, kind of put this out in the world and so I had cousins that had published um, some books and I reached out to them well they had self-published it through Amazon and I went and I researched it there was like an app I had to download to um, set everything up correctly and um, just kind of went through the whole process the writing part was fairly easily because it was just real life experience Um, but it was more of like fitting everything to the right page to make sure everything was centered correctly and um, finding somebody to draw the illustrations because my, the, well, the 14 year old didn't want to do it. And so he begrudgingly did a couple of them. And then I made Patrick color the rest of them. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, which he wasn't very happy about as well. Um, but then I, you know, had to get those to fit on the page. And so it was more constructing it than anything else. But okay. then when like I clicked the button to say publish, it was just kind of, it was very surreal. You know, I just kind of sat there. And it was late. Everybody was asleep. And I was like, I I did it. I did it. And there's no one to hug. And then Gunther ran out and fell. <laughs> I got that reference. I'm into that one. <laughs> so, I mean, then does a stack of books arrive at your house? Like, what? Yeah, so then next? you can order um, like your own copy, like a, the author's copy. And I got it and had to make sure everything aligned correctly. And then it once I said okay, then it was released. I think it took a couple of days. Okay. And then it was available for people to order. And then, you know, you basically they print it as you order it. So it's not, you know, not, a, not yeah. just sitting there. But um, so people, you know, I put stuff on social media about it. And then people went and bought it. And I'm like, people are buying this i've sold tens of books <laughs> what feedback have you gotten about it um i mean it, people are if people talk to me about it they're going to be nice about it i mean let's be real uh <laughs> my mother-in-law bought it for like 
a bunch of her friends and one of them sent me a little letter to thank me for writing it. So yeah, I mean, it was, and then I had a friend who um, teaches second grade who bought it for her classroom and then sent me a picture of them reading it. So it was all very well received and it was very much appreciated all the support that I got with it. Excellent. So you can go right now on Amazon Mm -hmm. and find it. Yep. And remind us what the title is again. It is Little Brother, Big Hero. Little Brother, Big Hero. And that's also the name of the website as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, the Facebook page, I should say. I'm wondering if a mom is listening to this and maybe has an 18-month-old at home and is maybe, maybe she's thinking... Oh, no. Maybe they're showing symptoms. Mm -hmm. What, I mean, what's your advice? If you could go back, you know, what would you do the same? What would you do different? Um, So the biggest thing is if you are worried about it, get get them tested. And the worst that can happen is, well, I shouldn't say the worst. I mean, you're either you're going to find out and you're going to have a... um, you're going to have a diagnosis, which means you can have a game plan, or they're going to tell you no, and then you have other considerations to make, you know, other things to look at. Um, The biggest thing is catching it early. I mean, they have proven that early intervention makes a huge difference in how children progress through this. So, um, you know, the earlier, the better. If you notice signs, you know, they're not making eye contact, if they like to walk on their tiptoes, if you notice a lot of flapping, all of that kind of stuff, then talk to your doctor about it or if they're delayed in speech um any of that stuff but then also realize that kids progress at their own pace i mean that was after he was diagnosed that was a big thing people kept telling us oh he's a boy he's just you know he'll talk later he's just you know they always talk later and that kind of stuff and i was like no you know i've come to terms with this you know it's fine i know you know i know what to expect don't you know don't tell me these kind of false hopes because that's not how it's going to be. Yeah. So, um, and, I, and I know people were well-intentioned when they told me that, but it was like, nope, you know, I know this, we're going to be realistic about this. We're going to make a game plan. We're going to work our way through this. You know, and that's the only way you're ever going to make any progress. So, yeah. Well, I don't know if this is a controversial question, but so much is made about what causes it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts or theories or ideas? Um. So... I like science. (laughs) So I mean, I don't I have read all of the studies I did all of that. I mean, after he was diagnosed, I went through a lot of that trying to figure out what it was, because ultimately, I wanted to find out it wasn't my fault. No, it's I don't think it's vaccines in any way. You mentioned the website, Mm -hmm. Little Brother Big Hero. Mm -hmm. Any other places that you want people to find you? No. Those are the good versions of me. Okay. Okay. Not the perfectly curated on a podcast. Yes. Version. Yeah. Don't look for me on TikTok. Don't look for me on Twitter. Those, do you have a TikTok account? I do. Oh my gosh. I'm Brady so is so with angry about, with me about it because he, so Brady is a very talented artist and he has a YouTube channel called Brady Badly Animates and he, um tell stories with animation yeah and he's a lion and like his friends are all like animal characters and i my head is upside down um i don't know why he has a whole theory about that but (laughs) okay so he tells stories through animation and he he has a 
fantastic sense of humor. And so they're always fairly – I mean, the ones that I get, like he talks about gaming, and I don't get that. But the ones that I get, they're hilarious. And so he also has a TikTok account, and he's trying to get more followers. He would like to become a YouTuber yeah, when he gets sure. older. And Isn't that like the new hot job that yes. all kids want to be is yes. like a YouTuber? And so I've got to ride that line between being a supportive parent and also being like, this happens for – you know, very few people. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a backup plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to go to college and you can do architecture. But I have a TikTok. And so I was posting stuff. I posted stuff about Patrick and just, you know, whatever other yeah. crazy trend was going on. And then I saw people who had worked in retail started like did like retail stories and kind of reenacted them. And when I worked for uh, a cellular company for 13 years. I had a whole lot of stuff that I could talk about. And so I started posting these reenactments of things that I had dealt with while I worked there. Oh, God, that had to be good. And so now I have like almost 3,000 followers on there. And one Whoa! of my videos got over 400,000 views. And we were... <laughs> oh, my gosh. No wonder he's so mad. <laughs> he is. And so and my husband's like, be really, you know, be gentle when you talk to him about it. Maybe not rub it in his face. And we live next door to my uh, husband's brother and his family. And they're, my niece is very much into TikTok. That's all she does. Like, you talk to her and she's dancing. And so I have the ability to go live now because I over, have over a 1,000 followers. And so I was showing her on <laughs> yeah. Saturday night. I'm like, look, Sadie, I can go live now. And I hear Brady go, nobody cares, Mom. <laughs> Stop talking about it. Oh, gosh, you're ruthless. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't talking to you, Brady. <laughs> I get anything. I'm live. <laughs> yeah. Let's go live, guys. <laughs> Brady, do you want me to tag you in here so you can use my clout? <laughs> I didn't say that to him. He's well, going to have enough that stuff. that you're dropping words like clout. <laughs> He's going to have enough stuff to talk to his therapist about when he gets older. It's fine. <laughs> Kelly, I really appreciated talking to you. Oh, it was nice to talk to you. Anything else that we should say before we say bye-bye? Um, I can't think of anything. I bet my little cards aren't so stupid now, are they? I liked your cards. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening (laughs) to On a Mother Level. You were a great guest, Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.